in both cases, Cassie needs to resort to sort of blood force therapy to... Blood force therapy is just what I call it when I elbow people when I'm dancing. Waiting for a break in the rain Waiting for the moment to change your lane I came home from the wasteland Heroic and triumphant like a comic book girl Created out of nothing like a comic book girl Hey! Airso? Airso. Airso. Hello? Okay, Erso's dead. Um, I'm no, in charge what? now. Oh, rip. <laughs> Guess it's just us. Hey, Ooh. how's it going? It's going. I'm tired. Yeah. Long day at work of minuscule adjustments to slideshow. So that was fun. Yeah. Another hard day at the minuscule adjustments factory. I'm going to introduce myself. Hello, I'm Parker. My pronouns are she, her, and I am the teal ranger in our squad comp. That is us. Who are you? I'm not a ranger because I don't know anything about that. But um, you just pick a Cassandra color. K- I like purple. Nice, cool. You're the purple ranger. Good job. Okay, great. Cassandra Kelly. I use she/her pronouns. My fun fact is that I got a ride home from my boss, and it was really awkward. Yeah, I've been there. I think maybe once or twice, and it is a unique blend of awkward. Probably again. I might have to do it again on Wednesday as well because the bus stop is snowed over, and I can't get there with a wheelchair. Of course they didn't shovel the bus people stop. People gotta shovel the bus stop! That's where people go! In order to not be where the bus lands when the bus arrives. Today we are reading Animorphs Volume 35, The Proposal, narrated by Barco, who's morphing into a poodle on the cover. Barco. Barco. Nice. Well done. Y'all have been hyping up Euclid for me for a while. Erso has been hyping up Euclid. Erso's been hyping been. up Euclid for a while, and I was not disappointed. Oh, the ironies that Erso is not here when we talk about Euclid. The irony that one of us is going to have to deliver the synopsis that she emailed us before, without her, her dulcet tones to actually see us through. We're pretty sure that these are not the, the actual morphin teens on the cover of the books yeah no they've got to be like cover model actor or whatever type people two things one why did they get actors and two so on the cover of this one marco the boy and marco the dog are in very different positions do you think do they hire morph capable actors so that they could just i doubt it no because this isn't what morphing looks like as it's been described yeah no i think i think it's just they digitally smush together a person and a trained animal but do you think that the person had to raise their arms in order to get a couple of shots to to do the transforming maybe why why are you so fixated on this parker because the covers are bad i'm gonna come right down and i'm gonna say it the covers of these books are bad they could have done a better job also why are all of his clothes on the cover approximately five sizes too big for him dysphoria okay fair <laughs> what else do I need to say? <laughs> okay, so would you like to read Erso's synopsis or shall I? <clears throat> That's my Erso impression. She does that. Excellent. <clears throat> I'm going to try and read this synopsis in an Erso impression. Hold on, let me get a drink of water. <laughs> Excellent. Go for it. If I'm still busy by the time y'all get to the summary, here it is. Animorphs 35, The Dogging, begins with Marco having some quality bonding time with Dad Marco. 
untimely interrupted by a call from Marco's <laughs> math teacher, aka his dad's girlfriend. What? What? Dad Marco? What? <laughs> you know, we're trying to evaluate each book on its own terms based on what information is disclosed in the text, so you know, we're not acknowledging his father's first name at this point Just in the call narrative. Calling him Dad Marco. Okay, anyway. Anyway, also your episode impression is very good. Thank you. AKA his dad's girlfriend, who comes as a package deal with annoying dog Euclid. Euclid. While ignoring the grating conversation, Marco watches TV, a channel of which is playing popular local talk show host William Roger Tennant, who mentions his support for the sharing. After the group is informed, they all agree to surveil the controller to dig up some dirt on him. Issue is... Marco's been having some trouble morphing properly, and his conflicts cause him some strange mixed animal morphs, in addition to losing control of his cockatiel morph when inside the show host's house. Cassandra editorial? That scene was horrifying. Seems pretty rough. We'll talk about it in a sec. Tenant reveals during a call to Visser 3 that he intends to take the show to a nationwide scale as a recruiting tool for the sharing. Marco's... Yes. Marco's inability to keep it together blows the Animorphs cover and William Roger Tennant loses his facade of cool and attacks, and the kids barely escape with their lives yet again. They plan to destroy Tennant's image at an awards ceremony to little success and feel at a loss for what to do next. After Marco walks in on his dad and associated girlfriend, Miss Math Teacher Robinette, along with Euclid... No, no, the way that that sentence is phrased is very (laughs) bad. Did she do that on purpose? Erso! Erso! I was trying to sound tame when I read that, but oh my god. I can't Let me read that again. Erso! I can't believe she wrote it like that, but okay. Anyway. After Marco walks in on his dad and associated girlfriend, Miss Math Teacher Robinette, along with Euclid, the couple reveal to Marco their intended engagement. Marco can't deal, but gets the idea from the yappy dog to use it to harass William Roger Tennant into madness, which proves successful even on the set of the show, where the kids catch Tennant strangling Marco slash Euclid on air, defaming the show. Marco chills afterwards after accepting he can't make his dad stay stuck in the past forever and gives his blessing on the engagement. Oh, she showed up just in time for me to finish my Airso impression. Oh, yay! Excellent! <laughs> that was really good. You do a great me. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, you still had to read it even though I wrote it. No, it's fine. It was fun. It was fun doing an Airso impression. I cleared my throat a lot. Yes, it was good. Good. Oh my god. Yeah. Also, did you mean no, to wait, imply? Wait, 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 wait. We should. We shouldn't. Don't. Wait, don't tip what? it off. Oh, I'm so excited. What did you say about me while I was uh, gone? D- uh, nothing that you have. You Mostly, have a I made voice. fun of the way you clear your throat. Do I clear my throat weird? No, you don't clear it weird. You just. I've heard it so intimately on mic so many times that it's just like ingrained in my brain at this point. <clears throat> <laughs> Okay, there's a couple of important emotional moments in this book. Marco being forced to rely on his friends. Marco having to come to grips with the fact that his facade, that his sort of like public persona is not watertight. It's been failing a lot recently, yeah. Yeah, this is this is definitely like he has to really address it in this one. It's a, it's a, it's a big deal. He does some nonsense, though. There's some real nonsense in this book. This whole book is nonsense. Wait a second. We should do we should do a <laughs> we should do a check at the beginning of every book now as they continue to get more and more off the wall. Did this one happen? Yes, because there are actual 
tapes that someone found when they hacked into the TV's service. Because, you know, they, Wait, they really? aired, it aired live. I've seen that. Well, yeah, so it aired live, so, like, some people saw it and remember, but it could be, you know, the Berenstain Bear universe thing, you know, where people just, the power of suggestion, like, made them remember it or whatever. Uh-huh. I guess, like, they also had a recorded copy or something. I don't know how TV works. I've seen the video, though. Some hackers got the video many, many years ago, like, a few years after the journals were published and then it's you know persisted in one form or another on the internet for quite a while the video of the guy who's not david tennant but i keep wanting to call him david tennant trying to kill a dog does william roger tennant the video of william roger tennant trying to kill a dog who is a yappy white poodle does exist it could be. It could be photoshopped. It- you could always make the conspiracy that it was never Marco in the first place, and they just took credit no, for it. No, no, this <laughs> book existed. These things happened. Otherwise, we wouldn't be reading them in a history class. <laughs> well, these things happened. I, I trust Professor Leon. I trust him. Trust no one. Okay. Well, I trust Professor Leon for now. Isn't that on the back of like every book? Doesn't it say trust no one on the yeah, back of every Animorphs book? Yeah, weren't you reading our class readings, Parker? You're okay. supposed to trust no one. Okay, okay. If they don't have a scan of the back of the PDFs, okay? I'm not, I don't okay, have a paper okay. copy. Anyway, so you wanted to talk about Marco's emotional whatever the hells. He does turn into a poodle polar bear, and that's very good. <laughs> A Pooh Bear. A Pooh Bear, as he says. He comes up with these nicknames to describe these creatures, some of which are not good. The first the first <laughs> bit of nonsense that is like a low-key, mild Marco's masculinity quarter. Marco is talking to his pals. Oh, yeah, he uh, he's just like, oh, yeah, I just wanted to bike to the Animorphs meeting, and the rest of them are like, you... You, you wanted to what? He's like, yeah, what's the big deal? I wanted to take a bike ride. Like, on the one hand, it's like, Marco, you're being a goofus. This is a, like, what is that? A smoothie moment, almost, except it's, what is that? It's like, I'm just biking. It's normal. On the other hand, it also points out just, like, how different life has become for them, again, that, like, the idea of sort of a major form of transportation for children in the 90s did not even occur to them. Yeah, it's, I would love to be able to just, like, turn into a bird and fly to visit all my friends who are for well not right now because there's a pandemic but in general you know it'd be great if i could just fly and visit my friends who live like you know like three hours away by car but maybe less as the bird flies birds can't get the dripping and you could thought speak so that's actually like entirely plausible oh yeah no 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 no. marco calls a meeting and then shows up late to his own meeting (laughs) right Actually, this is not the first time that Marco's called a meeting because of something he saw on TV. Because way back in the beginning when they find Axe. Oh, you're right. I think he calls the meeting because he saw, like, the news reports about, like, all this attention being paid to the ocean or whatever. That's a good poll. They should watch well TV more. Well done on that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the moral of the Animorphs journals is that you should watch lots of TV. Okay, but two of them have as, like... Two of them basically do just watch TV all day. Yeah, Marco name drops a bunch of shows. Tobias and Axe, I was gonna even say. I guess Tobias is hunting and stuff, but like, when he's not hunting, he's hanging out with Axe. And he kisses Rachel on the lips with his gross beak. Speaking of which, (laughs) speaking of which, Marco during this meeting says, isn't that, here's my actual Marco's masculinity corner. And his name is John C. (laughs) 
that romantic, I said. Blondie and Bird Boy watching TV together. So Rachel watches popcorn and Tobias eats roadkill. A romance must be something in the air. <laughs> What's your problem, Marco? Not in a fiber, Rachel snapped. Cassie shot me a look of disapproval that made me wince. Okay, maybe I'd been a little harsh. I'd make it up to Tobias later. Like what about the uh, hey uh and and bro. Rachel maybe as well also considering that you also insulted her I don't know that's a good point I kind of read that as like Rachel and Marco have an established dynamic whereas like Tobias and Marco basically don't like they're just kind of comrades Marco and Rachel have like a thing you know like a comedic duo yeah I, I think I did kind of read it a little bit as like Rachel can take it. And he knows that Rachel can take it. How did I not register the the lack of a dynamic between the two of them <laughs> prior to now? You're yeah. totally right. There's a lot of there's a lot of people in this group, and they have more important things going on than like I don't know, having good social relationships. What was their what was their dynamic like? Did they just not like each other? I feel like Marco and Tobias just probably don't click like they don't hate each other but they're just they don't yeah like they would definitely wouldn't yeah. be my idea of this in my head is that marco just doesn't get why tobias isn't like keeping up with all of his jokes and everything and tobias is just like i prefer a sarcastic comment <laughs> yeah i think that that's the thing is that tobias like to some degree especially when rachel's not around becomes the sort of backup jokester uh but all of his jokes are as you said kind of just sarcasm yeah and, like, not always sarcastic but definitely dry like subtle put downs and stuff mm-hmm yeah, he has a very dry wit. I like that. But, like, it's just, like, rake it up to... Just be nice to Rachel, please, yeah. anybody. <laughs> there was also just such a, a mood of being, like, upset and snapping at your friends and then being like, whoa, you went too far, and you being like, ooh, yikes, I sure did, and now they know I'm upset. Marco does that all of the time. time. I also do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are a Marco at heart. It's true. true. Self-help books, Axe asked, are they similar to instruction manuals? Not exactly, Axe, ma'am, Tobias said. Self-help books are like instruction books for living. Indeed, instructions for living, such as consume necessary nutrients, breathe sufficient air. Hey, Axe just made a joke. I did? I th I, I assume Axe meant to make a joke and then was just continuing to <laughs> goof. I, I honestly think he is messing with them at a certain point. Yeah. I feel like I, with the minutes thing, especially with the your oh, minutes, I feel oh, like yes. at this point, Axe is 100% just like doing a bit. He has like a betting pool with Tobias about when the various other Animorphs will like catch on that he's doing a bit. Oh, that's good. I love that. It's their it's their uncle nephew bonding activity. Uncle, their avuncular bonding activity. <laughs> yeah, avuncular bonding activity. Thank what you. do they bet? What resources do a hawk and an andalite have in common that they both want? Um, who gets to pick what they're watching on TV? Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Because Axe just wants to watch like infomercials, and Tobias is like, I want to watch something with an actual plot or like hockey. Do you think that Axe is as fulfilled by a Folgers commercial as he is for like? An episode of Days of Our Lives. That depends on which Folgers commercial it is. Oh, oh no! God. no! Oh, no! I was wondering if you would no! get that reference. The best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. You're my present. Stop. Stop. I'm so sorry. I was trying to think of a brand. Where were we? Yeah, Axe is being a goofus. I actually really, I thought he was not doing a bit here. I thought he was playing it straight, but uh, no, you're, you're <laughs> right. He's doing a bit. It's pretty clear. That's what we call textual analysis, Parker. Okay, I know. We're in a Welcome class about it. literature class. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs>
I love that Marco watches the Powerpuff Girls and just really just... Wait, is it Powerpuff or Powderpuff? Powerpuff. <laughs> I have spent my entire life thinking... I even wrote in my class notes Powderpuff because I thought it was like Powderpuff football. That's the like joke. A... That's why it's yes. called that. Powderpuff. I did, yes! not, I did not know that all these years. But then <laughs> why is it Powerpuff uh. if the joke is Powderpuff football? Because they're powerful. Because they have powers. <laughs> So I was like aware of the yielding days, you know, powder puff with a D football thing. So I guess whenever I saw ads for the power puff, see, now I even want to say powder puff. No. I just assumed it was powder puff. When I was a kid, you guys know that there's like a delivery company named Snet, S-N-E-T. I did not know that, but continue. I as a, as a kid, I always read it as scent because you deliver sense. it. Yeah, because you deliver it. <laughs> Well, right. It's like the same thing where it's like, you're not, I think you just have a predisposition to read it in a way that makes sense. Like the yeah. powder puff girls makes more sense. Or to rather you. in a way that makes scent. <laughs> I hate this. You, you were certainly predisposed to read it in a way that made scent. <laughs> it has been zero days since our last nonsense. <laughs> that wasn't nonsense. It was a hilarious pun. Nonsense. It was nonsense. Nonsense. <laughs> no! <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> okay, so if we want to, you know, move on from us interrupting Parker and her serious point while we just goof, I have a point to make. Yeah, make please. It. Oh my god, please. I want to talk. I want to talk about Marco's mental illness corner. So before I move on to my actual serious point, I do want to just highlight something, which is at the end, like towards the end. Speaking of Marco's masculinity corner. <laughs> so towards the end, when they're like trying, or maybe like middle-ish to end, when they're trying to get bugs in whatever his name is, food, he has Axe sit on his lap and tell someone, <clears throat> and I quote, we're very good friends. <laughs> 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 and I lost it when I read. Oh my god! I lost it. Uh, because <laughs> you know, again, he has the whole thing of like, oh, X is so hot, and then he's like, oh yeah, sit on my lap, X. We're very good friends. <laughs> he had to clarify that that to some older folks so they wouldn't, yeah. you know, get the wrong idea. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like you're making it look weirder by like turning to someone you're sitting next to and saying, "We're just very good friends." That's it. <laughs> No, this is just my, uh, this is just my shield bearer and squire. It's fine. Wait, wait, I have this. I have this. Um, um, Galahad pals. Hmm? Eh. That's cute. Galahad, because he's no, a squire. I, yeah, no. Well, he's a knight. He has a squire. Anyway, so the actual serious thing I wanted to talk about was I not Marco having an accident on his life. I don't care what you want. I want to talk about my thing. <laughs> 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 I want to talk about... Marco's relationship with and conception of mental illness. Yeah, we did this once before, but let's go over it. You know, when I like took notes about this, I really should have uh, cited my sources because I know <laughs> that my notes are in order, but they're mostly just jokes. And I don't say like what page or chapter I was getting these from. Marco like 
pretty much really, really early on in the book is yet again joking about mental illness in that way we kind of talked about before where it's like where it's bad. not really a joke. It's like, I'm going to the nut house. I'm so crazy, guys. Ah. Yeah, that's in the that's in the chapter one. He makes a joke about not taking his meds. Oh, God. Yeah, this one's really bad, I remember. Like, throughout this whole book, he is actually, like, so incredibly worried that he is genuinely losing it and genuinely, like, is mentally ill. It was just, I feel like the way that he approaches mental illness throughout this book is really interesting. Because mm-hmm. um, he does talk, he actually talks about his problems. He does talk about his problems. He talks to Cassie about his problems. Cassie talks to him. <laughs> Cassie talks at him, really. He does not completely clam up. He does tell her a little bit about his feelings. And she so, confronts him, and then he is like, oh, well, I don't want to talk about this, but since you're here. <laughs> yeah. Cassie is Rachel for in, about feelings. Instead of, like... <laughs> you're right. What are you the Rachel about, about car carriers? What am I the Rachel about? Yeah. This is weird. Okay, say it. How people cook steak. <laughs> what? Don't don't even get me don't even get me started. Not we can't we can't okay, talk about I'm it right really now. Curious. Okay. We can't. Yeah. I'm gonna I... Okay. Anyway, I am probably the Rachel of historical fashion TV shows and movies acting like corsets and stays were this horrible restrictive tool of the patriarchy when it was literally just like a bra. It was like their equivalent of a bra and it also was really good for your posture. It was like a back brace. What are you the Rachel of? I'm... <clears throat> I feel like I'm the Rachel of Animorphs. <laughs> like, I don't yeah, know what's <laughs> Maybe I'm not aggressive enough. I, don't I was going to say, where's the... Yeah, being the Rachel of something implies there's a degree of, like, aggression and violence there. I am aggressive about reading the Animorphs books. <laughs> Marco, re- regarding Marco and mental health, like, he's got a thing in chapter six where he's like, what was I going to do? Tell everyone that I suddenly wasn't sure they should be relying on me? That I wasn't sure I could morph into an emergency? Just as we were about to go into a very, very dangerous mission? And Your I'm life like, is hell, ah! Marco. Yes! Yes, you are! Wars yes, you did win. On, on that subject of Marco not telling them, I lost it at the part where Rachel is like, why didn't you tell us? And Marco's like, oh yeah, did you tell us when you had the crocodile allergy? Yeah. And like, you know, I'm going to let someone else yell at you about this, actually. Bye! <laughs> <laughs> I can't be she, confronted to deal she... with my own problems, actually. Goodbye. Suddenly, I can't read. Yeah. I mean, Marco is horrible at this, like, and but also it's like, I don't blame him because his whole life philosophy is built around seeing his armor that he has, like his emotional armor, as necessary. I mean, that's trauma, baby, but like, that's just, like, his life is consistently continuing to traumatize him, so he doesn't feel like he can let that down, even though, I mean, it probably would solve it, but like, he's like 13, so like... <laughs> just wish they could have gotten more help. Yeah. I think Cassie did. Remember when we were talking about how Rachel and Marco used to be like this cool dynamic duo that like sort of supported each other and stuff? I feel like they have been not doing that so much lately. The last time Marco got substantial support from Rachel was in the book where we last saw Visceral One. I don't remember Mm -hmm. how many books away that was, but it is mentioned, the events of that book are mentioned in this book. Yeah, I think once again, it's that Marco and Rachel are like really similar in a lot of ways that make them kind of great on each other a little sometimes. Yeah. And uh, in both cases, Cassie needs to resort to sort of blood force therapy to 
Gotta try to get Blunt anything out therapy of them. Is my new plan <laughs> force therapy. I mean, that's just the act of moshing. Mm-hmm. That's true. Blunt force therapy is just what I call it when I elbow people when I'm dancing. <laughs> so, how do we feel about the graphic descriptions in this book of William Roger Tennant? Like, threatening to kill people. <laughs> I was reading this book while I was feeling a little sick to my stomach. I was having a bad day, like, chronic illness-wise. Mm-hmm. Feeling a little nauseated. Oh, my God. The scene where Marco talks about being, like, crushed as a small bird. I was losing. I was losing. I was I was ready to, like, I, flee the country I hated that. Yeah. my identity. It was so bad. It was nauseating. It was horrifying. <laughs> it was creepy. This is not to, like go ahead because i also read ahead but this journal and the next journal are both so creepy god what happens in the next one it's atlantis oh what this was like reading a horror novel like i went into this being like oh i'm doing my reading for class and i saw i saw the trigger warnings you know thanks professor leon for the trigger warnings but i was like oh you know it's like it's the animorphs like they were kids they wrote these for kids because they wanted to be like approachable for for the youth of whatever (laughs) And then I'm reading it, and it's like, yeah, my wing bones were sticking out of my skin, and I could feel my internal organs being ground into paste. I think I think William Roger Tennant's Yerk, whatever his name was, wrote this part. I don't think a child wrote this. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, they were likely edited a lot when the Animorphs were older, so I could see, you know, an older Marco going back and being like, mm, actually, I'm going to make it really close. <laughs> I really need this yeah. to reflect every sort of iota of what I was feeling at this moment. God. Chapter 6, they are, they're doing some infiltration, they're infiltrating the, the thing. Is this the house? Yeah, this is the house with the window screen. Uh, Jake, Jake is in Squirrel Morph, carries a, a Swiss Army knife to cut open the window screen. I can speak from that experience. That so great. <laughs> I can speak from experience that squirrels do not require Swiss Army knives to chew holes in your window screens. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they thought it would take too long. But also, in all ways except literal, I am a squirrel with a Swiss Army knife. Anyway, yeah. Uh, if if you if I haven't told you the Ballad of Butter Squirrel, remind me to do that later. Um, if a squirrel opened his window screen, would he open it like this or like this? He would open it face first with his tiny, terrible head and his, and his <laughs> awful little raking claws. And then he would go in and he would roll around in your butter and eat all of your baked goods. A little bit of each one. If the pandemic ever ends and I ever come over your house, that is the only way I will show up. <laughs> Great, I'll know to expect you. You might need a Swiss Army knife to get through my window screen, though. <laughs> you're like, oh, Iris is coming over soon. And you're like, you hear a scrabbling at the window, and you're like, there she is. Anyway. I haven't seen many other instances of this where they, like, they sort of overcompensate with tools for things that their morphs are already really good at. Yeah, that was funny. But, like, this was, like, a tiny little moment of humor for me personally. <laughs> William Roger Tennant was still sitting at his end of the dais, chatting with the man to his left. And that's when Marcel is here behind the dais, God. <laughs> you anyway. are needed in the back. The pig bugger. She is full again. The guy was grinding my final nerve. But if I started complaining, it might, com- it might occur to Marcel that I was not one of his many anonymous busboys after all. I will I will do the pig bugger. <laughs> I said, I could just dump it in the alley and rush right back. Still no problem. I ran for it. Marco, Axe, it was Jake. It was Jake. Are you guys in place? I am here, Prince Jake, Axe replied. Where is Marco? He is cleaning up the pig bucket. (laughs)
<laughs> wait, wait. Wait, does X say that? Yeah, yeah. I remember this now. I remember He's... this now. I remember reading this. He says, He's just... He says, He's up Z In thought speak? <laughs> <laughs> remember when we were talking about accents before in thought speak? Now we have an example of that. I, I, I maintain that I think it would be much easier to thought speak in an accent because it's much easier to think in an oh accent than it is to make my mouth do the right. Well, we have things. a we have a great example of that right here. Uh, okay, I have a question for you all. It's a very important question. Mm-hmm. Of the mutant hybrid morphs that Marco finds himself <laughs> in in this book, which would you <laughs> rather be? For the rest of your foreseeable life. Spider skunk, spider skunk, spider, spider skunk. skunk. Spider skunk, I mean, spider skunk, obviously for me as well. I think spider skunk is the only really, uh, <laughs> the really good choice here. That's kind of cute. It sounds great. Yeah, I don't know. I would love it's that. It's like double the cute little, cute little feet. I genuinely want when people look at me to convince them that the world is ending. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love the one unaccountably fundamentalist, like, waiter at this function. <laughs> Who is never named, but is constantly there. Okay, so Spider Skunk is like the obvious choice. But consider Trout with the arms of a gorilla for a second. <laughs> bear tries to eat you out of the water. Boosh! That bear has a big dent on its nose. People be like, oh my god, what's that coming towards us? Oh, it's just a pair of arms. No, that's a fish with a giant pair of arms. You can even sort of glump your way like a like a lanky cog back into the water with your huge arms. Consider this, though. Consider that the arms are, like, proportionally sized to the fish or maybe a little bit bigger. And a fisherman catches you and you <laughs> jump up, punch him in the face, knock off his hat, and then ratatouille him around by the head. <laughs> <laughs> Women want me, fish fear me. <laughs> Oh my god. As long as I don't have to be a lobster split with anything. Okay, I do. Ospreys are my favorite birds of prey, and lobsters are pretty cool, so I might maybe, I might be be okay with that one. (laughs) Spider skunk, (laughs) lobspray, and like my final form. Grout. Gorilla trout. Grout. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, I chose the wrong moment to take a drink of water. Hey, can you grout this window for me? Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> it walks over on my <laughs> giant drill. Flying in and just decks you. <laughs> All right, chapter twelve. I guess is a little bit earlier from the from the spider skunk, who is the best character in the book, but is a, another threshold sort of watershed moment for the animorphs, where somebody finally says that they should talk to each other. Cassie's like, but what about us? We are your friends, Marco. You can talk to us. And I was like, finally, somebody said it. Anyway, uh, I'm so happy that one of them finally acknowledged that they can talk to each other. And Marco does make a good point that none of them are therapists and that they, like, it's not ideal, but, like, they're the only ones they have for each other. And finally, someone is like, can we just, can we just Makes sense that it's Cassie. Can we just chill and level for a bit? Unfortunately. Yeah. Emotional labor girl. <laughs> That's her superhero name, emotional labor girl. You jest, but actually, yeah, that's that's I her know. to a T. I feel really bad for her. It's like some of that's because I hate doing emotional labor because I suck at it. I'm good at it and it makes people reliant on it. I just feel really bad for her. Everyone, please spread out which friends you talk to instead of dumping all your problems on the one black girl in the group. Honestly, she does come to his house. I know. I like this situation. I'm less bothered about because she shows up. 
you know, I don't feel like that was a free choice of hers. I feel like that was something that she Yeah, she was doing it because it was putting everyone at risk. Yeah. I mean, people should feel comfortable going to Jake, too. Like, as a leader, you need to be accessible. But is he, though? No. I don't think he really is. Because I think he thinks that he has to be, like, super strong to be a leader. And Mm -hmm. that makes him seem like he doesn't... Like, he wouldn't have patience for other people's problems. Yeah, and and because of Jake's masculinity quarter. that he does masculinity strength for him means stoicism and not like emotional flexibility and emotional tolerance it's just so hard because so many of them are off the table like rachel's really tough to actually communicate with so like it's it's basically just going to be cassie because everyone else is always just like like axe is a non-option he's like he doesn't think the same way and he has a hard time relating to people sometimes and i do feel like sometimes axe can be somewhat helpful but you have to like figure out how to frame the problem so that he understands it. I feel like Tobias actually might not be bad at it also. I mean, he's got a lot going on, but he definitely compartmentalizes that really hard. Like most. Yeah, I was going to say, Tobias is just so much in his own head, it feels like. But he he's kind of had to learn how to adjust to all of this in a much more... Immediate way. way. Immediate, (laughs) thank you. In a much more immediate way than the others. So I feel like he might at least have some potential, like, tips and tricks. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. No one uses fax machines, but call you'll hear the noise. Statues left by ancient Greeks, the perfect cheeks of goddesses and boys. Piled in the closet, broken toys. I love the scene where everyone is screaming. That describes <laughs> a lot of scenes. It's uh, chapter 17. Ah! The scream came from behind me. Uh, that doesn't sound like Ted and Tobias said. It sounds like Zach, Cassie cried. I spun around, Zach Hansen had fallen backwards in his chair. Ah! Zach screamed. Ah! A girl in the audience screamed. Ah! Zach yelled. Ah! Oh, yeah. Ah! Within seconds, the room was filled with the sounds of women screaming, chairs overturning, and men yelling, shh. Who is Zach Hansen? I have no no idea. idea. Okay, cool. He's a part of history that we will soon forget. (laughs) Forget who? Oh, gotcha. Wait a minute. Oh, God. Okay, so uh, the the bit that I'm thinking about is the end of chapter 17, the last sentence of it. Tobias says, Someday when all this is over, people will ask us about the war against the Yerks. Let's leave this part out. Which, like... They did not. (laughs) Obviously, that's a little bit of, like... You could read that. That's, like, a little bit of funny lampshading, right? It's like, oh, yeah, no, we'll, we'll, we'll get rid of this. But, like... It says weird things about, like, whether or not it's being intentionally documented or not, and whether anybody's taking journal entries or not. Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking that maybe, like, they might have been writing some heavily coded journals, but they weren't really thinking in terms of, like, documenting it for posterity until later. Like, I don't know. I don't know if this is true, but I kind of feel like it would make sense if there was an escort technology or, like, an Andalite technology so that they could, like, play all this back and have someone... Ideally, it would be the Escort because they have the most direct version of it. It's all written as being like first person present, so it makes it feel like it's happening well, it's right not now. Pres- is it present? Oh, first person, first person past tense. Yeah. So it still makes it feel like it's you know personal and everything. But are we done? Well, I want to talk about the fact that Marco's dad is like getting married. Good for him. 
Isn't that cool? Like, I just, it's, I mean, he's not like a, not like a really important figure to this whole mess, but I don't know. It's good. You know, he was so sad at the beginning of the journal. I mean, yes, but this also just does force Marco to live with Euclid for the rest of goodness knows how long. Eh, he can handle it. He's already got enough on his plate. He should have just said, yeah, oh, you can marry her if you want. I will overlook the fact that she's my math teacher, but you gotta let me throw that dog through a plate glass window. <laughs> you can't do that. No. No. No one in this class discussion supports animal abuse. Yeah, all right. So, Cassandra, you know However. I... Cassandra, you know I agree with you. You can't do anything to a dog. Okay. This dog has been dead for like a hundred years, if not Also, more. I like dogs. This dog has been dead I for a really dogs. long time. I don't mind throwing my mental conception of this dog through a plate glass window because this dog represents no. everything bad about dogs. No, there's nothing bad about dogs. <laughs> the the fatal error that occurs in uh, chapter 18 is pretty good. Um, uh, no, you idiot, don't tell him that. Don't say clean off. I cried at the uniform doorman. It's the moment where Axe is like, the humans are refusing to cooperate. I oh, really yeah. attempted yeah. to clean <laughs> off the place yeah, yeah, and yet yeah. they are behaving in a hostile, aggressive manner. He, yeah, I love that he, his, his thoughts speak is 100% normal, like, he's not affected at all, but then his, his normal speech and, like, actions do not reflect that whatsoever. Yes, this because is true. He's absolutely terrorizing these tables. You must give me the plate! Axe yanked the plate. Axe gets his stomach pumped, part two. And then after that, they get an autograph. I was so I used to work in pre-pandemic I used to work in catering and there was this one time where we we were cleaning up from this especially fancy dinner and there were all these people seated around and everything you're supposed to lower plates from the left side and pick them up from the right side and so I picked this plate up from the right side but this lady foolishly which you're not supposed to do put all of her silverware on the plate we we kind of collect them afterwards uh, or like after everyone has gone because they often fall off. And this uh, lady was subject to the knife falling off, butter knife, and it was covered in like whatever the meal was, I think fish, and it landed on her back. Well, that's what happens when you pile all of the silverware on the one plate. I know, but it looked like my fault because I was the one, like, trying to balance everything, and it yeah. fell on her, and she was super mad. Oh. Uh, next week, we're reading Edibor's Volume 6. Edibor's <laughs> Volume 6? <laughs> next time, we're reading Edibor's Volume 36, The Mutation, featuring a CGI child uh, morphing into a killer whale. I don't know which CGI child this is. It's not a real <laughs> child. They did not... After the after the, this book, they were like, no, actors are over. We're just going to CGI the children now. <laughs> because this isn't a bowl cut, or it doesn't look like a bowl cut. It probably is a bowl cut. Right now, it looks like anime hair. He's it looks like water. anime hair. Put that one purple streak in, and bam, you got yourself a Yu-Gi-Oh. What's a Yu-Gi-Oh? Uh, it's a type of killer whale. Lives off the coast of Greenland. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Until then, stay safe, everyone. Stay safe. Stay safe. Oh my god. Do your best. Stay safe. The Morph Report is on Patreon. We care a lot about accessibility, and we are paying someone to transcribe all of our episodes. We have a variety of tiers to choose from. Some of our tiers have some pretty juicy rewards. For example, if you pay enough money, you can even force us to watch the TV show and potentially read the other series by K.A. Applegate and Michael Grant, Everworld. 
We would really love it if you would check us out and consider supporting us. Thank you. Stay safe. Thanks to Noelle Micarelli for the use of their songs Comic Book Girl, off the EP Field Notes from Another Place, and Complicated Spoon. You can find more of their music at noelmicarelli.bandcamp.com. The Morph Report is hosted by Marina Malucci, Scrivener Lamb, and Blythe. You can follow us on Twitter at Morph Report. If you have a question for the Podmorphs, tweet at us or send us an email, and we'll answer it on the show. Our email is themorphreport at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. love the Animorph series? How about podcasts? Do you love podcasts? Well, then listen no further, dear listener, and allow me to introduce the Animorphs podcast directory. Here you'll find an ever-growing list of Animorphs-themed podcasts to sit your every Animorphin desire. Check it out. We'll see you there.